بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه وتحلى بصفاته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإن تعدوا نعمة الله لا تحصوها إن الإنسان لظلوم كفار وقال تعالى وإن تعدوا نعمة الله لا تحصوها إن الله لغفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من أصبح منكم آمنا في سربه معافا في جسده عنده قوت يومه فكأنما حيزت له الدنيا بحذافيرها أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected ulama'i kiram, elders and beloved brothers in Islam We find ourselves living in such an era, such an age Which despite being the most technologically advanced period of time that this world has ever seen Yet, in whichever direction a person turns All that he will find is hardship, difficulty and suffering Day after day we are bombarded with news report upon news report Incident after incident of chaos, of lawlessness, of pain, of difficulty, of anarchy. On a, ma- on a macro level we find natural disasters striking different parts of the world, be it a tsunami, be it an earthquake, be it some, vo- some volcanic eruption. Previously unheard of diseases and sicknesses afflicting entire communities in the world. Entire countries being thrown into total disarray as a result of political strife, anarchy. And on a micro level, we find each and every person within his or her life in this world. Regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of financial status or social standing. But each and every person is going through a daily struggle. On one hand, we find the struggle against an aging body, the onset of illnesses and disease. And then we have the struggle against ever-rising costs and ever-dwindling and depleting means. We have the struggle against aging and failing infrastructure, poor service delivery. At times what begins to feel like a struggle against the inevitable, a struggle that is not going to be won. And therefore we find it comes as no surprise that the general outlook, perception and feeling amongst people is one of despondency, of doom and gloom, of unhappiness regarding the situation and condition that we find ourselves in. One only needs to scroll through social media or lend an ear to the conversations that take place within our homes and gatherings, be it at some walima, some wedding, be it a conversation taking place outside the masjid. And very quickly the picture is painted of one that is full of doom and gloom, full of unhappiness, nay, full of ingratitude at the current condition and situation. And we find that on the tip of our tongues are words of complaint, where we begin to feel, the believer begins to feel as though he is leading a life of unhappiness, a life devoid of bounties, devoid of blessings, devoid of goodness. There is only hardship, there is only heartbreak, there is only pain and suffering. At this juncture, respected brothers and elders, as believers in Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as reciters of the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, and as those who understand the divine system of Allah in this world, we are reminded of two verses of the Qur'an. 
Allah very clearly doesn't mince his words. Alif Lam Mim Ahasib and Nasu Ayutraku Ayakulu Amanna Wahumla Yuftanun. Allah says, Do the people think that they will be left to merely verbally proclaim their faith? To declare their belief in Allah Rabbul Izza? Wahumla Yuftanun and they will not be subject to difficulty and hardship. وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Allah says it was our system, it is our system, it will remain our system. That we will continue to send tests, difficulties, trials and tribulations your way. What is the objective, what is the reason? فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ Is so that Allah will draw a clear line between those who are true in their iman and those who on the other hand are imposters. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْجُوءِ Sometimes it will be the test of hunger. Sometimes it will be the test of fear. There will be the rising crime rate. Incidents will take place around us, Allah protect. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوءِ وَنَقْسِمْ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ Sometimes it will be the test of poverty. The bills are increasing, the debts are adding up. A person can barely make ends meet. وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ Sometimes it will be the test of the loss of life. Some near and dear one will leave this world. Somebody will pass away. But this, this was, is and will always remain the system of Allah Rabbul Izzah in this world. And the second verse that we are reminded of, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَذُو فَضْلٍ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Once again very clearly Allah says, It is Allah who is the giver of happiness. It is Allah who is the one who showers bounties. It is Allah who is the one who sends down His blessings. Allah complains in the Qur'an, وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ That unfortunately most people have not understood this. Most people have not realized that ulama say we are drowning in the bounties of Allah. يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانِ مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ Allah complains in the Qur'an that, O oh, insan, what has deceived you? What has deluded you? What has caused you to forget the bounties of your Rabb who is kareem? who is gracious, who is kind, that being who is responsible for your very existence in this world. That being who created you, and then he fashioned you, and then he made your body in due proportion. Your final design and form was that which he selected for you. Wallahu الذي أنزل من السماء ماء Allah did not just create you and leave you to fend for yourself in this world. It is Allah who sends down water from the sky. The rain that falls is for whose benefit? For the benefit of insan. فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ By means of this rainfall, Allah causes the ground to become irrigated. Crops begin to grow, fruit and vegetable begins to grow. Again, for whose benefit? For the benefit of insan. وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمُ الْفُلْكَ لِتَجْرِيَ فِي الْبَحْرِ بِأَمْرِهِ Allah did not just send down rain from the sky and crops from the ground, but Allah facilitated travel by sea. Allah put at your service those vessels that will sail the seas. Why? So that the import and export industry also for the benefit of insan. وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمُ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ دَائِبَيْنِ Allah created the sun and the moon. Spinning in their orbit again for the benefit of insan. So that as the sun and moon will orbit and will move around in their orbit, this will now facilitate the ripening of the fruit and vegetation. 
Again, this is for the benefit of insan. وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارِ After giving you to drink, giving you to eat, ask that person who has had a good meal. There is a bed waiting for him, there is a pillow waiting for him. But if those curtains are not drawn close, it is difficult to find sleep in daylight. Allah created the night for you, so that you are able to rest and recharge for the day ahead. And then in one line, Allah sums it up. وَآتَاكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُ Allah has given you everything that you could have asked for. Every bounty, every blessing, every ni'mat, every favor is from Allah. And then Allah says the verse that I recited in the beginning, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا O insan, if you have to try to understand, if you have to try to enumerate, if you have to try to grasp the greatness of the favors of Allah Rabbul Izza upon you, this will be impossible. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَظَلُومٌ كَفَّارٌ Allah laments. What is the nature of insan? He has committed a great oppression against himself. Why? Because he was ungrateful for my bounties and blessings upon him. This issue, my respected brothers and elders, we find is not something that is new. It is not unprecedented. Nay, from the very time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we find that those who found themselves in difficulty and hardship very often failed to see the blessings and the bounties that they were enjoying at the very same time. Of course, the suffering, the difficulty, the trials of Sahaba radiallahu anhum are incomparable when it comes to our minor inconveniences that we go through. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is sitting in the haram of Makkah Mukarramah. A group of the mustada'afeen, the downtrodden and weak Sahaba come to him. And we have heard many incidents about the suffering, the hardship, the difficulty that the Sahaba had to undergo in Makkah Mukarramah. They present themselves before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Nabi of Allah, we cannot take it any longer. The persecution has reached its limit. The body cannot bear anymore. The mind cannot take it any longer. Why don't you ask Allah to make a way out for us? To make some opening for us to relieve us of our difficulty and suffering. What was the tactic employed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? These were his sahaba, those who had given up everything to believe in him and his mission. They were going through suffering that was very real. Physically persecuted, mentally persecuted. It was not just the men, but the women folk as well. The young innocent children of Makkah Mukarramah. But what tactic, what technique did Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam employ? And we find this theme found throughout the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That look at those who are worse off than you. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam addresses these sahaba. Oh my companions, let me tell you of the people of the past. They were anbiya, messengers of Allah who were sent into this world. Ma'asum, innocent anbiya, messengers of Allah. People would believe in them. And when they would declare and profess their belief and faith in Allah, then that individual would be brought into the court of the king and a sore would be placed on his forehead. And the question would be posed to him, are you sure you believe in one Allah? And when he replied in the affirmative, his body would be split into half. Oh my sahaba, your persecution and suffering has not yet reached this level. Have patience, soon Allah will make a way out for you. What is the lesson, what is Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam trying to teach us, respected brothers and elders? 
that no matter what the level of your difficulty and suffering may be, and it goes without saying, yes, as we mentioned earlier, each person is involved in a daily struggle. Each and every person knows the inconveniences within his life. But no matter what level of difficulty and persecution you may be undergoing, there is always somebody or there are always 10 people who are worse off than you. The amazing incident of Urwa bin Zubair, rahimahullah, has been mentioned. He was a great tabi'i, a great muhaddith, a great friend of Allah. He was living in the time of the Amirul Mu'mineen Walid bin Abdul Malik. And he comes from Medina Munawwara to Damascus to meet Amirul Mu'mineen. He brings along with him his young son Muhammad bin Urwa. Nevertheless, Urwa bin Zubair presents himself before Amirul Mu'mineen. He had some work that he needed to take care of. And as is the norm with a young child, Muhammad bin Urwa wanders off into the garden. And he finds himself in front of the stable where the royal horses are kept. The curiosity of a child is such that he begins to draw closer to these animals. And without realizing, he comes within touching distance of these animals. When the horse realizes that there is a small child behind it, as we find is common, the horse rears up and kicks out. This young Muhammad bin Urwa falls down to the ground, he passes away. Urwa bin Zubair is consumed with this grief. He has just lost his young child due to an incident of negligence. As this is taking place and he is dealing with the emotion and the grief, now comes the onset of another illness and he is diagnosed with gangrene in his leg. The flesh is being eaten up from the inside. Walid bin Abdul Malik summons the physician, the doctor. He has a look at the leg of Urwa bin Zubair. He says to him, listen, if you do not amputate this leg, it's going this disease will consume the entire body and you do not have long to live. The decision is made, the surgery is prepared. Urwa bin Zubair is taken in for the surgery. Before the surgery can commence, the physician says to him, listen, it is necessary for us to give you a small dosage of khamar of wine. This will act as an anesthetic so that you do not feel the pain of the surgery. What does he say? La astainu How is it possible for me to take help and to take assistance from something Allah has made impermissible? When the very goal and objective of my surgery is to seek the afiyat and protection of Allah. The physician brings an alternative. And he says, listen, you need to take this medication. There has to be some anesthetic. What is the response of Urwa bin Zubair? He says, why should I lose alam and not give myself the opportunity to bear the pain with patience? I want to increase my bank balance of good deeds in the hereafter. As he is about to go in, a few individuals enter the room. He asks the question, who are these people? The doctor says to him that, listen, you sound very brave and courageous right now. But many a times we find bravery and courage disappears at the onset of pain. So these people will hold you down and ensure that we can complete the surgery. Nevertheless, the procedure begins. The saw or the knife is placed on his leg. And they begin cutting through the flesh of the leg of Urwa bin Zubayr. When the surgeon reaches the bone, the pain becomes unbearable. 
He screams out, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. And like this, he loses consciousness. Nevertheless, the entire procedure is completed. Arwa bin Zubair regains consciousness. And he passes the comment, لَقَدْ لَقِينَا مِنْ سَفَرِنَا هَذَا نَصَبَا That indeed we have been inconvenienced, we have encountered some difficulty on this journey, this travel of ours. While he is in this condition, there is a group of travelers that also enter Damascus at that time. Walid bin Abdul Malik is the Amirul Mu'minin, he goes to meet them. And amongst this group of travelers, he encounters a man who has lost his eyesight. So he poses the question to him that, O oh slave of Allah, tell me what is the story behind this? So this person relates to him his incident. He says that I belong to a certain tribe and at that point in my life, there was nobody wealthier than me in my entire tribe and family. On a certain day, a certain time, I happened to be going through a valley. Nightfall came and I decided to spend the night in that valley. I had with me my possessions, I had with me my wife, my children. Allah's decision was such that a storm broke out and a flood began to flow through that valley. As a result of this, I lost all of my possessions, all of my wealth, all of my children except for one camel and one newborn baby who I had managed to protect. He says when the flood subsided, I placed that child down onto the ground in a safe spot. That conveyance that remained, that camel, was a very problematic one. And therefore it began to wander away into the distance. So leaving the child aside, I pursued the camel. But I had not gone very far before I heard the screaming of my child. He says, when I turned around, I realized that child was caught between the jaws of a wolf. And I lost my remaining child that I had had. Consumed by grief, he says, I turned, trying to salvage what was left of my empire and my possessions. That one stubborn camel. And as I pursued it and reached it, the camel kicked out. And it caught me between, on my forehead between my eyes. This caused me to lose my eyesight. This is the incident behind the condition that you see me in right now. Walid bin Abdul Malik sends a messenger, go to Urwa bin Zubair. And tell him there is somebody worse off than him. No matter the level of his difficulty, his suffering, tell him there is somebody worse than him. Urwa bin Zubair, nevertheless, he continues his journey. And he comes back to Medina Munawwara. And when he reaches home, then he says those words that are worthy of being written in gold. He says, Oh Allah, in akhadta faqad abqayt. Oh Allah, certainly if you have taken away from me, then what you have left behind is more than what you have taken. I had two hands and two legs, you took only one, you left behind three. وَإِنِبْتَلَيْتَ فَطَالَ مَا عَافَيْتَ Oh Allah, if you have sent some bala, some test, some difficulty, some suffering my way, then indeed a very long period of time has passed where you kept me in your afiyat and protection. What is the message Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is sending to us respected brothers and elders? What is this message being embodied by the salafus salihin? is that regardless of the level of difficulty, persecution, suffering that you may find yourself in, there is always going to be somebody worse off than you. When we look at the situation objectively, respected brothers and elders, we will realize it is not the bounties of Allah that have ceased to exist. But in reality, it is our acknowledgement and appreciation of those bounties that have come to an end. Allah was giving, Allah continues to give. 
Allah was blessing, Allah continues to bless. Allah was showering His bounties, Allah continues to shower His bounties. But it is you and I that have forgotten the bounties of Allah that we are daily experiencing. Allah complains in the Quran, وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ That very few of my slaves express gratitude to me. There was a pious person amongst the people of the past. And he was diagnosed with an illness, he was unable to pass urine. A student of his comes to visit him, he says, What is the matter, what is the condition that we see you in? This elderly person breaks out into tears. And he says to his student, this is the result of ingratitude. The student says to him, what do you mean? You are a pious friend of Allah. You are always engaged in the dhikr and the remembrance of Allah. So this person says to him, for 60 years of my life, when I wanted to relieve myself, I relieved myself. But not a single moment did the thought cross my mind that this is a bounty and a blessing from Allah. Because of this, I was, I was unable to express gratitude correctly before Allah. And as a, as a result of this ingratitude, Allah has snatched this bounty away from me. Ulama have told us and continue to tell us, Allah gave us what was perhaps the best infrastructure in the entire African continent. It is not many years ago when our service providers were rated as the best service providers in the world. But when we use those roads to take us to the disobedience of Allah, Allah slowly took them away. When we use the electricity to break the command of Allah, to power our televisions, then Allah took it away. When we used the possessions and the belongings that Allah gave to us to break the command of Allah, Allah took it away. When the bounties of Allah will be used in His disobedience, then it is guaranteed that those bounties will slowly but surely be taken away from a person. The condition, the situation we find ourselves in, my respected brothers and elders, there may be many causes and many reasons for it outwardly. But for a mu'min, for a believer, the first port of call is to introspect. What have I done to contribute to the pitiable condition around me? Be it the raising rate of inflation, be it the increasing crime that we find around us, be it the natural disasters taking place in different parts of the world, be it the wars that are taking place in different countries in the world, what have I done to contribute to the sad and sorry state of affairs? And therefore, ulama explain when it comes to gratitude, as we mentioned, Allah complains, Allah laments in the Quran, وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ Very few of my slaves are grateful. And then Allah says, those who are grateful, قَلِيلًا مَّا تَشْكُرُونَ their gratitude also is incomplete. Ulama explained very briefly for us to understand what is gratitude. How does a person express his gratefulness for the bounties of Allah? Three pillars. Three pillars of shukr, of gratitude that ulama have written. Number one, that a person recognizes who is the mun'im, who is the giver. How many a times we find our young, young children, ulama say, make their tarbiyat, make their mind. The milk that will be given to you to put into your cereal did not come from the shop. It was not your father's money that enabled that milk to come into the home. It was Allah Rabbul Izzah who sent it for you. The grandfather or grandmother bought a gift for that child. That gift was not sent by the grandparents. Allah put it into their heart. Understand and recognize who is the mun'im, who is the giver. The second pillar of gratitude of shukr ulama explained is that verbally express your gratefulness for the bounties of Allah. 
as we mentioned earlier, a person just browses through social media and we will find nothing but complaint upon complaint upon complaint. The load shedding schedule is sent out, the lights don't come on two minutes after. And social media groups are flooded with complaints. When last did we think to thank Allah for the 22 hours of lights that He gave us? The water pressure is taken away, Allah still allowed us to take a bath this morning. We complain about the rising price of things. But each and every one of us partook of breakfast this morning. Recently I mentioned to somebody that the state of our roads in our area, a person needs a 4x4 to drive around. He asked the question, he says, Morana, when last did you change your tires on your car? You haven't had to change your tires, but you're so quick to complain. Understand the bounties and the blessings Allah continues to give us. Yes, there will be minor inconveniences. But what about the abundance of bounties and blessings that we find ourselves drowning in day and night? So the second pillar of gratitude is for a person to verbally express his thanks, his shukr, his gratitude before Allah Rabbul Izza. And thirdly, and perhaps the most important of all, is to use those bounties and blessings in the avenues that please Allah. As I mentioned, if we will use the electricity correctly, Allah will restore it. If we will use the water correctly, Allah will facilitate it for us. If we will use the roads that we have to come to the masjid, Allah will keep them maintained for us. But when we, when we will use these bounties and blessings of Allah in the disobedience of Allah, in the transgression of Allah to break the commands of Allah, then we have nobody but ourselves to blame when the conditions around us deteriorate, when the service delivery is not delivered, when the infrastructure around us begins to fail, when we find the onset of illnesses and diseases in our communities and societies. As we said earlier, the mu'min, the first port of call is for him to introspect. Ask ourselves and have a long deep thought about it. What have I done in my own life? Let us not point fingers at anybody else. What have I done in my own life? to contribute to the sorry and sad state of affairs around us. Allah give us tawfiq and correct understanding.